Hey, what's up, guys? It is 2023. We are back with the remaining, well, I say remaining, but so regular season's done. We just had week 18. We are heading into the playoffs. It is wild card weekend. Oh my gosh, we had some amazing football while we were away. But I need y'all's pick for week 18 on what your play was because for me, we talk about the DeMar Hamlin situation that happened against the Bengals where he had to receive CPR and he's been in hospital since then. That first play of the game, a kick return touchdown. I think it was like three years and three months since the last kick return touchdown. I mean, Josh Allen said it perfectly. Like that's, you can't write that stuff up. You can't just, you can't draw that up. That is just God's way of being like, Hey, this is, this is how we're going to play football today. So for me, I think that was a lot of people's highlight of the week. Uh, gave me goosebumps kind of just watching it. It gave me goosebumps when they replayed it on NFL red zone. Um, but that is my big play. And obviously still thoughts with that guy as he kind of recovers from that, because that, as we all know, was a very, Scary moment to be watching. Uh, but Laura, what is your big highlight play from week 18, end of the regular season? I mean, highlight for me, two games that come together to form one amazing moment for Seattle. That was the Seahawks win over the Rams and the Lions win over the Packers. That Seahawks game had me on the edge of my seat. I did not know where it was going to go. Bobby Wagner absolutely put a show on it. He was all over the field. Um, Jalen Ramsey had DK locked down. So, you know, it was a real touch and go there for a while, but Tyler Lockett with an incredible end of the end zone touchdown. Then the Lions coming through. DeAndre Swift had an amazing amazing game. Jamal Williams, another rushing touchdown, his 17th of the season. Um, It all came together for such a great day for both teams, the Lions and the Seahawks, and it was just outstanding. So go Seahawks. We're in the playoffs. No one thought it would happen. Nine and eight on the season. Let's go. It's always nice when you get to squeak your way into the playoffs uh, like the Seahawks are able to do. Riley, what is your big play from week 18? I think you guys covered the two biggest ones. Um, I think just the league itself coming together in support of DeMar Hamlin, like that was incredible. But I will I'll bring up another one. It's a bittersweet. Bears number one overall pick. We uh, Nothing says you did a terrible job like <laughs> at the other end of the ladder. So... Go Bears. And the fact that it took us 18 weeks to get there. I mean, it was the Texans for from like a week three to week 17, and then all of a sudden they pull off a win in week 18 and the Bears. Like, it was like a win, like dying seconds, fourth and 21, I think it was. Yep. Touchdown. Goes for a two-point conversion to actually win it, not, not to go into overtime or whatever. And then I still think Lovey Smith did it deliberately for the Bears because he knew he was leaving. He was like, mm, well, I'm not going to be here, so it doesn't matter if I have the first overall pick or not, so screw you guys. I mean, we said I said this to you earlier today, once a bear, always a bear. So thank you, Lovey Smith, for that one. You talked about crazy football today. Um, we've talked about crazy football all year, all season, because it really has been crazy football. And I guess when we talk wild card weekend, boy, is it going to be wild because these games that we have coming up are insane. So that kicks off our first game that we have up on the matchup, which is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, the only team, the kind of one that we're talking, kind of pinpointing this week is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now they won by four. Trevor Lawrence is 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 definitely peaking at the right time, Laura. But I mean, 
this is going to be a tough one against the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, that win against the Titans, you know, while Trevor Lawrence has made strides throughout this season, he is looking a lot better. Really, they won that game based off a lot of um, Tennessee's mistakes. And I think Trevor Lawrence still has some issues with ball placement and accuracy. And coming into this matchup against the Chargers, that's going to be something that's really crucial. But I think the biggest takeaway from the from Week 18 going into the playoffs was Jacksonville could not get the run game started. There was nothing there. There was nothing happening for them. And to be able to beat a team like the Chargers, they need to get Travis going. They need to just keep giving the ball to him. That was another problem. They kind of gave up on the run game as well. They abandoned it. They're like, let's just see what Trevor can do. But they need to be persistent with it. You know, Doug Peterson has done an amazing job with Trevor, building the culture and building this team back up to actually be a team that's with a winning record and in the playoffs. But we really need to see that run game come through against the Chargers. That's the only way that I see them winning. I mean, this is a team, we talked about the Jaguars, we talked about a team that has had the worst record the last two seasons, right? They've had the number one pick the last two seasons, um, and they've come in and they started off a little shaky, a little rocky. They've had a lot of coaching changes to now come in and be able to take over the Tennessee Titans the way they did. Riley, we talk about playing and pushing at the right time and peaking at the right time. But this Jags defense really stepped up to help this offense in the later half of the season. Yeah, I think that's – I will completely agree with what Laura said. Trevor Lawrence played pretty bad. I think, yeah, the the Titans definitely lost this game as opposed to the Jags uh, winning this game. Um, The biggest takeaway I have is Jacksonville's defense compared to Titans – Titans did a total of 45 tackles. Jacksonville did a total of 87. So their defense was absolutely just rolling. No matter how many plays Tennessee had, they just they had an answer for them. And their takeaways, you know, a, a pick and a fumble, you know, a turn, a turnovers are so crucial in this game that to be able to, to force that from another team and just turn that momentum I think is just so important and they do have a lot of players on there that can, can make those big plays. So I think, especially coming up against the Chargers who as much as I love Derek Henry, he's a one man band at the moment. Um, The Chargers have everyone. They have a stellar wide receiver core. They have a amazing running back who does not get enough credit Eckler, um, I think he had the most run um, yards after catch yards this year um, with over 800 um, than anybody. That's wide receivers including. So um, I think keeping uh, keeping the charges at bay is going to be a lot harder than um, what they had against the Titans, even though Henry had over 100 yards again. I think you're right. I think as we move in and we, we talk about the Chargers, the Chargers have way more players they can utilize in, in their offense. And I think we saw that with the Jags. Their running game didn't happen. I think he had 11 carries for 17 yards and average 2.4. That's not what you want out of a running back. When we talk about running backs for the Chargers, we are talking about Austin Eckler, who is a fantastic running back for the Chargers. Very underrated. But even Joshua Kelly had some good runs for the Chargers. But Keenan Allen, DeAndre Carter, Josh Palmer, Mike Williams, I mean, 
they had themselves a game this past, you know, this week, week 18. They did lose to the Broncos, but I feel like it was interesting the way the Chargers played this game. And the reason I say that is because they had Justin Herbert in for three, almost three quarters and the start of the fourth quarter. They also had, you know, Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen in there for a long period of time. When you're going to the playoffs, you've already secured it. Laura, we're lucky we didn't see kind of any major, major, major kind of injuries to the Chargers offense. Yeah, you know, player management, game management is not something we really talk about in the NFL as much as you talk about it with basketball and often especially LeBron. But what was so interesting about this Chargers game was exactly that, the fact that all of their starters played the majority of this game. You know, we saw Mike Williams get carted off with a back injury. He's listed as questionable for wildcard weekend. And that's just an unnecessary thing that never needed to happen. You know, the Chargers, they wanted to secure their spot. I understand that. But they really didn't need to give their key guys the exposure that they gave them in this week. You know, Russell Wilson had an amazing game, got rid of Hackett and the old Russ came back. He cooked. It was outstanding. The Chargers, while it would have been nice to win this game, I felt like they were always on the back foot. You know, Justin Herbert has that arm. He got some amazing shots downfield. His receivers really came up. Clutch and had a great performance, but it wasn't necessarily something we needed to see in week 18. And I think their second core could have done that job for them. So I think definitely coming into wildcard weekend, the loss potentially of Mike Williams really is going to be a hindrance. But, you know, Keenan Allen is an absolute superstar, 102 yards against the Broncos. So I'm excited to see what he does. And I think that Justin Herbert's going to rely on him heavily. And I think that's the key to them winning, you know, on the opposite end of the ball from the Jaguars, the key for the Chargers to win is getting that ball in the air, getting that ball down the field and playing what I like to call showtime football. Definitely. I mean, it is, I I, I think you're right there. I think it's going to come to uh, being able to air out the football. And I think Justin Herbert's just a little bit better. I think they're quite similar quarterback wise with some of their decisions. I think Justin Herbert's a little more experienced, but I think, there's moments where they look the same. Like you see him throw a ball and you're like, what, what, what was that? Like, what are we looking at there to, to throw that? Um, if we go into predictions right now, I could see even I'm, I'm going to go and stand on my lonely Island. Like I normally like to do and say chargers in an overtime win, because I think, I think the Jags are able to pull it out when they need to, especially with their defense. Sometimes I get some amazing stops, um, when they have to, I think the Chargers can be real hit or miss. <laughs> so that's going to be interesting to see. So for me, I'm going to go Chargers win in overtime by a field goal. Riley, you're laughing at me as per usual. So <laughs> I guess your pick for this game in wildcard. I very much dislike Trevor Lawrence. So I was never going to pick him in this game. I, but I do think that the Chargers are the better team I think I think that they'll get a convincing lead and I think they might allow a late touchdown or something it'll make it look a bit closer than what it actually is but I think they'll I think they'll control the game for most of it um I just think I think the I think the the Jags got um I think they got a bit lucky with a lot of their games that allowed them to be here this year, um, you know, their, their win against the Cowboys, you know, a pick six off a tipped ball got them the win. And that was essentially that extra game that got them into the, the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Chargers convincingly. 
I mean, my biggest concern is going to be the Mike Williams injury. If that does end up affecting him next week, he's been their number one receiver in terms of total yardage this season, but I'm going to have to go with everyone else. I think it is a Chargers win. I think, you know, it would be great for Jacksonville to establish the run game, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to against this Chargers defense. And, you know, most of the ESPN analysts I saw today are going with Jacksonville, but I think we've got it. Mojo for the win. I think it's a Chargers, a Chargers wildcard weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I think we're we're going to be a little bit better than the uh, ESPN ones, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, they might know something we don't. Uh, we're going to move into our next game, which is going to be a very <laughs> interesting matchup. Tom Brady was able to scrape by with his Bucks and get into the postseason. His first losing season of his career. Thank you. That makes me very happy to say that. And I say that with such glee. Um, but they're coming up against what is looking to be a uh, – Interesting Dallas Cowboys team at the moment. Laura, both the Bucks and Dallas lost their respective Week 18 games. In and, and Dallas, when I say they lost their Week 18 game, they they lost in in substantial fashion, uh, scoring six points in the second quarter, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, they also lost against a team that not too long ago didn't even have a name and a team that's been surrounded in so much controversy and and so much upset. And really, they've kind of been the butt of the NFL in so many regards. I mean, there's no other way to describe the way that the Cowgirls played today except to call it absolutely awful. It was terrible. And I haven't seen Stephen A. Smith's Instagram yet, but I'm sure he's laughing away with his cigar and his cowboy hat. But, you know, The problem with this team, I hate to say it, has actually been Dak. He's been inconsistent this entire season. He, you know, hasn't been able to move the ball. He hasn't been reliable. And I think he's someone that they need to move on from. But obviously, that's a conversation for a later date. Coming off this loss, you know, they just couldn't get anything done. They could not once again move the ball. I mean, Tony Pollard had 19 yards. Dak had 16 yards. Zeke had 10 yards. Once again, I think we're seeing and we've seen out of this week 18 slate of games that the run game is crucial. And it's what has really hindered this Dallas Cowboys team, especially against the commanders. But, you know, you see these bursts of excitement from the Cowboys. You see these bursts of winning games, of good performance. And then the next week they're back in the doghouse. It's up and down. And I just think coming up against the Bucks, another team that have been unreliable, it's kind of the bottom of the barrel and the bottom of the barrel at the moment for me. You know, these are two teams that haven't been able to click it together and make something happen for themselves. The Cowboys, you know, what is it? I think went three and out 11 times against the commanders. That's something that just can't be happening. And with an experienced quarterback like Dak, with the coaching staff that you have and with the assets that you have on this team, that should just not be happening. They just looked lost out there. I mean, there was a player where he's throwing it to Zeke and Zeke's not turning his head around. They just look, they don't look cohesive at all. I mean, you talk about big bursts of play. CeeDee Lamb had 52 yards. Dalton Schultz had 33 yards, but I mean, those two are the only two guys that have been consistent from a receiving standpoint for the Cowboys. But unfortunately, when you're playing 11 man, fo- 11 man football, you want a few more than two. <laughs> so when, you know, CeeDee Lamb's, you know, double covered or Dalton Schultz just isn't in for whatever reason because they're running a different formation, you need your run game to be able to happen. You need your run game to, be able to push you forward. Tony Pollard, 19 yards. Malik Davis, 19 yards. Zeke Elliott, 10 yards. Eight carries. Like that's just that's that's not good enough in my opinion for the Cowboys. Um and I think when you look at these two teams, I think the secondary is going to be a big part in stopping the football. 
Uh, I mean, Riley, these two secondaries are very evenly matched, but they're both very, very poor in stopping the football in the air. Look, I think that Dallas's defense is better than the Bucks. I think I think Mike Parsons is incredible. I think he's such a asset and he's such a special chess piece to be able to move in so many different places. I think the Cowboys just I'm a big believer in like in that you have to have a, a bad game before a big game. So I think having even though they've, they've had some bad games of late, I think you have to have this kind of poor performance to really show you where your weaknesses are. When you're constantly winning, it's hard to focus on the bad plays um, because they may produce a good play per se. Um, but, you know, Turpin fumbled the ball on like the 12-yard line in the first or second punt from Washington, turning the ball over straight away, red zone, like that kind of turnaround makes a big difference in, you know, how you go out in the next drive and being on the back foot like that um, sort of twice. Your defense is tired. They've just been on. They've just forced a punt and now they've got to get back on the field. So I think that's something that that they'll need to work on special teams-wise. Um, something I did just see is that they punted 10 times. I don't – I'm sure it's been done before, but that is so many. Their kicker averaged 47.8 yards a punt. Like, that is insane. So their special teams was, like, I don't even know how they didn't get a return out of that, but – that's something that I think they'll be definitely working on is that third down defense and that third down conversion for their offense just to be able to – it's such a big difference in going three and out and your defense coming back on and just sustaining that drive for an extra two or three minutes just to give them that little bit of break and just, you know, take the gas off for them so that they can catch a breath. So I think overall Dallas is the better team. It's just Dak, yes, has not played nearly as well as he should have been all year, and it's really coming to a head this year, uh, this late in the year, sorry. Um, you know, I think he's thrown more more intercepts in the past 13 games than Carr did all year, and Carr's the one that's on the outer. So, you know, it really goes to show what's what, um, you know, stats are really important to some coaches, some teams and things like that. And being in Dallas, he won't be able to sustain that kind of statistic for much longer. I mean, we, we, we talk about quarterbacks and their ability to throw and we move to, you know, who everybody thinks is the goat when it comes to quarterbacks of football, uh, Tom Brady, Laura, like I said earlier, I'm very happy at a losing season, but I, I, for, for me, for this Buccaneers offense, I think Tom Brady's a problem. <laughs> I really do. Um, and everyone watch your, you know, Microsoft tablets uh, be, because we all know Brady likes to throw those a lot more than he likes to throw the football. Uh, but this Bucks offense just, again, clicks in moments. It, pardon the pun with Brady, it deflates in moments. I mean, there's just times where he just doesn't look like he has a, a handle or he, he he's you know able to connect with his receivers and I think Riley said Micah Parsons is a is a strong player for the for the Cowboys defense but 
I would look favorably on the Cowboys with this Buccaneers offense going into the wildcard weekend. Yeah, I think there are so many elements to this Buccaneers offense that are going to cause them problems coming back into this matchup. We did see them have an outstanding week one against the Cowboys, which they came away with the win. But there are a few chess pieces that were different there. Most importantly, in my opinion, they had Julio Jones at that point. And I think that's something that Brady's missed. I think ever since Brady lost Antonio Brown after that Super Bowl, and I've said it multiple times, things started to change because that's the type of route running receiver that he needs and that he thrives with. And so when they were able to get Julio Jones, that was a massive win. And I got a bit excited seeing what this offense would do and Brady and Julio would do together. Now you take Julio back out of the picture down this latest stretch. I think we've started to see Brady, you know, struggle a little bit more, struggle more getting the ball down the field where the key to the Buccaneers performing well and having these good games is like I mentioned earlier, when they play showtime football, when Brady slings it down, when they play big plays all the way through the length of the field. And, you know, this is not a team that's going they haven't been winning games off the run. You know, Leonard Fournette has had some great moments. Like I mentioned with their week one performance, he had an outstanding week one. And so it's interesting to kind of figure out what you're going to do with this offense. You bring them up against a huge defense. Like you mentioned with Micah, Micah Parsons, then don't look like they're going to hold up. They look like they're going to fall like dominoes or like bowling pins. Um, and I just don't know if Brady's head is in the game. I don't know if Brady has, of course, he's got the respect of his teammates and his players, but I don't think they've necessarily seen the glimmer of hope in his eye that, yes, we can cohesively work and we can get this team to where it needs to be. But, you know, the biggest the biggest thing for the Bucks going into wildcard weekend is just getting that ball down the field, moving the ball quickly, getting out ahead of the Cowboys. Um, but I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I don't think they've got the tools to make that happen this year. I mean, we talked earlier about the Cowboys being kind of just you know, they struggle come playoff time. Um, they are going to play on grass. I was listening to some analysts uh, this past week talk about the Cowboys and how they do not thrive on grass. Uh, they look a little bit slower, which could be, you know, a factor coming to this in this game for wild card. For me, I think it's going to come down to turnovers. I think there's going to be a couple of turnovers, any interceptions, any just kind of not being able to protect the ball. Um, that's where it's going to come down to this game. I don't see it being high scoring. Uh, I'm going to go, and it pains me to say this, but I'm going to go with the Bucks on like, you know, a comeback kind of drive off a turnover. Um, that's going to be my prediction there. I don't see it being a big scoreline, but I am going to go Bucks just because I don't, I don't think Dak and the offense for the Cowboys are going to be able to get that moving. Laura, you seem to favor the Cowboys over the Bucks, which is fine. You know what? I actually don't. I think the Cowboys are the world's big off play, big, biggest playoff chokers, and I actually really enjoy watching them choke and watching them make mistakes. Um, you know, I just don't think this Cowboys team has it together. They've had, you know, great perks and great bursts throughout this season, but I, but from a personal point, I would like to see Brady come through with the win in this game. So I'm hoping Bucks. Riley, we got two for the Bucks. Are you going Bucks? Are you going Cowboys? Are you standing on your lonely island like I like to? <laughs> on a personal note, I could never pick Brady um, <laughs> against somebody that wasn't Rogers, I think. So, no, I, I am riding with the Cowboys. I think they're going to get their shit together. I mean, they have to. Um, I do think they're a, a more complete team. I think it will be close. Um, nothing would make me 
happier than something similar to today. You know, three minutes on the clock, Brady's going down the field, throws a nice little interception to Diggs, you know, um, and then the Cowboys having to uh, sustain a drive to to be able to kneel it out. Like, don't don't put it in the hands of Brady to win. Follow in the Detroit steps. Get a hook and ladder in there. I love Dan Campbell for that. Like, he brought out everything today. Um, that just makes me so happy to see something like that. So if McCarthy can, you know, he's got so many pieces, Zeke, Pollard, CD, everybody. Like, just it's, it's, it's go big or go home. So I think that's what, you know, Texans are always – talking about being so big so walk you walk <laughs> okay we're two to one on that on that note yes the Texans do talk about it you know uh being big so yeah you're right you might you know want to do some walking if you're going to keep talking about it um but we're going to move into the rest of the wild card games because these matchups are fascinating they're going to be interesting um first one up is Baltimore Ravens versus Cincinnati Bengals they're going back to Cincinnati after just being there in week 18 to play the Bengals again I don't see the Baltimore Ravens taking this one. I see the Bengals taking the win there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we might be 3-0 for the Bengals. Laura, Bengals, Baltimore. Absolutely. Easy Bengals win. Excited to see Joe Burry. He's going to put on an absolute show. Riley, I know you love your Jamar Chase and your, you know, your boy Joe. Uh, LS, what is it? Ellis. NFLSU. That's what it is. <laughs> Um, but yes, I definitely going, I don't think Cincinnati had a great game, um, this week. I think they were pretty lucky to get out of it. I actually think having Lamar back might help. They struggled with the pass game against Baltimore the last week. So if Lamar's back, he's going to be on the ground some more. They are terrible at stopping the run. Yeah. I think they shocked them a little bit, but I have faith in my boys I hope you're going to get it, please. She has some faith. You kind of, you know, leaned off there and your faith kind of <laughs> left you a little bit. But uh, all right, so we're 3-0 and for the Bengals. Next game up, Dolphins-Bills. Oh, we talk about an interesting game. This is going to be fascinating. Look, congrats on Miami for turning it around and making the, the postseason. Well done. Um, I just – I think the Bills – when you look at the DeMar Hamlin situation that they just went through, I think we watched week 18. They're playing with so much heart right now. Like they understand that it's a little bit bigger than, than football. They're doing their, everyone's doing their jobs, but they're playing with that extra passion behind them. And I think that's, what's going to just propel them a little bit further because we know they're playing for their, for their teammate. We know they're playing for their boy. And I just think that, you know, I don't know if two is playing wild card. I don't know if he's coming back. Uh, we saw Tyreek Hill get kind of really annoyed um, this past week with some of the, you know, passes that he he didn't quite get. Um, he tweaked something week 18, but you can see what he does wild card. But Riley, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to go bills on this one. Who you got dolphins bills. Yeah, no, I think, I think the bills have got it. Um, Miami gave them a bit of scare the last time they burst each other. Tua did extremely well um, in the cold, which was sort of not not foreseen from him because he's never really produced well. And, he, you know, they're going to be back there. Um, so if he does play, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But I think, yeah, I think Bills, Bills have way too much to play for right now to 
to let that one slip through. So I'll go Bills. All right, we're two for Bills. Laura, you're, I like it when you nod when I say things. It makes me feel like you agree. You're on my side, which isn't always the case. So I feel like you're going Bills here over the Dolphins. Yeah, you know, the Dolphins have been probably one of my favourite teams to watch this season. I've really, you know, taken the time to sort of follow their their game and their progression. Jalen Waddle has been an absolute standout for me, just like he was last year. Um, definitely nothing on the cheetah, but, I mean, the two of them have just been outstanding. And when two is in the game with them, it's, it's been some of the funnest football to watch. I think, you know, two is still a question mark going into wildcard weekend. I think if he was playing, it would be... It would be a different sort of scenario. I think it could be a little bit more up in the air, but I'm going to lean towards him being out, or if not, he's probably going to get injured anyway. Um, Like you guys both touched on, the Bills have had a really, you know, emotional time these last couple of weeks. And the whole of the United States, most of the world, most of the NFL world are behind them right now. And you can't help but root for them. And I think Josh Allen's going to come out and and have his gun slinging. So, yeah, I'm going to go 3-0, yeah, 3-0 for the Bills. All right, we're 3-0 Bengals, 3-0 Bills. We're going to move Giants, Vikings. Giants, what a surprise to see them in the playoffs. I know we gave them an absolute hard wrap of the season, um, and I'm pretty sure none of us predicted the record. I could be wrong. Somebody go back and listen to that and tell me. But Giants, Vikings, the Vikings are just lucky to be there. I feel like they're that, you know, they're that person that shows up to the party. It's like, I'm just happy to be here. I don't really care. I feel like that's the Vikings. They're just happy to be there. For me, just because I love how New York sport is playing right now as a Knicks fan, uh, I'm going to go Giants because I just I just want them to keep that hope just a little bit alive for them. I think trying to just have Justin Jefferson do his job, I think the Giants might be able to kind of pick apart that a little bit. So for me, I'm going to go Giants win. I think it'll be an overtime win too, but I am going to go Giants. Lori, give me that look again, like Alex, you're nuts, but Hey, you, you give me your pick. You know, I was actually going to go New York. I'm a little bit disappointed that you stole my thunder because I thought it was a bit of an out there pick. This Vikings team to me, you know, they had, they got a little bit of an ego. They got a little bit excited. Obviously, you know, off the back of Kirk Cousins, they've done some great things. Justin Jefferson, once again, has been outstanding. But, you know, I think defenses are starting to kind of understand their game and starting to pick that apart a little bit, like we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I would love to see the Giants upset. I think they've got it. And, yeah, I, I, I don't see the Vikings running them out of town, that's for sure. Riley, we're an NFC North fan, so we don't really like to see the Vikings there. But, I mean, you got the Giants or the Vikings? Yeah, no, I think, um, I think again, they're, they're so lucky to be there. They're like the opposite of what they were the year before when, you know, close games were just going the other team's way. Close games just happened to go their way this, this year. Like 33 down to the Colts and they somehow get the biggest NFL comeback in history, like, you know, that just doesn't happen. Um, and then the amount of games, I think they are at, I think it's like 10 of their 13 wins came within one score. So no one was convincing. I don't see them lasting past this round, so enough, uh, into the next round. So I would like the Giants to get in there. Um, I think Saquon's got a got a big show to put on. Daniel Jones is going to have. They're going to run for over two hundred yards between them. You know, they're just you know, Giants really have 
nothing to lose but everything to prove kind of thing. Vikings have everything to prove. They've been going on planes with the icy chains all week after the win, you know, like who that or whatever, whatever he said. You like that there. You're going to like going home, Kirk. <laughs> See you in Cancun. Uh, (laughs) that was great you're gonna like that Kirk uh we move into our final game Laura I'm gonna let you kick this one off because it is your boys Seattle Seahawks versus the 49ers so you get to go with the pick first because this is your team yeah I mean today great win over the LA Rams but a messy win as well I think the Seattle defense really came strong we've been missing Jordan Brooks um in our backfield but I don't know if this defense can actually take the 49ers. They are just on an absolute tear. We spoke earlier about Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, what an outstanding couple of pickups they've had. I mean, Mr. Irrelevant, Riley was saying, now Mr. Irrelevant. Um, I would love to see Seattle win. I think Geno's had an outstanding season. And look at what he's done. Look at what the Seahawks offense has actually produced. Everyone wrote them out, um, but we didn't write back. But I do think the 49ers are going to take the win, but I would love to see the upset. So maybe that will be my big fairy tale upset. Um, but regardless, go Seahawks. But yeah, I think it, I think it'll be a 49ers win. I was about to say, I was like, right now we're kind of going 49ers and then we're going back to the Seahawks. I was like, I have to, I can't really go to, it's, it's, it's a conflict. It's, it's hard. I, I, I get that. Riley, Seattle, 49ers. I think the Purdy train has to come down eventually. And I would like to be this game. I think Seattle, you know, same, nothing to lose, everything to prove. Divisional games are the best. Yeah. They're the most unpredictable games out of anything. And so especially in a in a playoff situation. So, you know, watch Seahawks come out with packages we haven't seen all year or that were in the beginning and everyone's forgot about them. Um Purdy's played exceptionally well, but that was so surprising. So he has to he has to fault at some point. And and you know, it only takes one Seattle player to take advantage of that to completely change momentum. So I will I will toot the upset for you, Laura, and uh let's go Seahawks. I'm jumping off my island now. I'm gonna go join Riley. <laughs> no Seahawks. <laughs> Hearing someone talk positively about them on this show, that never happens. So Go away, 49ers. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on Riley's Island and let's go to Seattle. Let's get this win. Well, hold on, hold on. There's there's three of us here. We got two yeah, of you in your, you know, your habitat. I'm gonna stand on my lonely island because we all know I like to stand there. I'm gonna go 49ers. I just think Brock Purdy's doing well. I think when you've got Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle, Debo Samuel. If when that's your offense and, and they seem to be doing well, it doesn't matter. I mean, my my one concern with the 49ers is protecting Purdy. We saw him get sacked by none other than JJ Watt, who has had a substantial career. He retired this week, played his last game of football. So it was nice to see him come through and kind of get those sacks um, on Purdy. I think that line has to protect him a little bit better going in against Seattle. Um but we all know I love my 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 boy Bosa, Nick, right? Ohio State player. Okay. So for me, with all the players they got there, I'm gonna go 49ers. I'm gonna go 49ers with the win. 
I'm sorry. That's fine. I'm happy standing on my island all by myself. We're three and zero for the Bengals. We're three and zero for the Bills. We're three and zero for the Giants. We're two and one. Well, sorry, one and two for the 49ers versus Seattle. And I think the other game that we were we're we're a bit torn for the Bucks and the Cowboys, and we're a bit torn for the other games as well. But guys, wild card weekend. Just before we go, I'm gonna give us each 10 seconds. First pick of the draft goes to the Bears. Riley, you got 10 seconds. What are you doing with it? Trading it. We're going to make some multiple picks out of that one. We don't need no Bryce Young. Laura, if you were the Bears front office, you got 10 seconds. What are you doing with your pick? Straight off the top of your head. Boom, bang. Do they even need it? No, they don't need it. I think definitely trading. I'm with you guys. I think they traded away. Go get someone like A.J. Brown. Do what the Eagles did. Trade it away. It's great to see the Bears have it. It's upsetting that we had one a bad season to have to get it, but I think there's other players we need. We do not need another quarterback. We do not need the first pick, so trade it away. Guys, thank you for joining me this week. Regular season is done. Wildcard weekend is next. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. We'll be back next week to talk divisional playoffs.